It's Monday, May the 31st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, BB looks vulnerable and Lukashenko strikes again. First, the world in brief. Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, may finally be unseated. After failing to win a majority in last March's election or form his own coalition earlier this month, his former Chief of Staff, Naftali Bennett, appears poised to lead a broad and potentially factitious coalition into government. Eight opposition parties have until Wednesday to finalise an agreement. Mr Netanyahu claims the deal would threaten Israel's security. Egypt's Foreign Minister Sama Shukri met his Israeli counterpart Gabi Ashkenazi. On the agenda was a more permanent ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, the Palestinian group that controls Gaza. The talks are also designed to ensure humanitarian aid reaches the territory, which was pummeled over 11 days of fighting. It is the first official visit by an Israeli Foreign Minister to Egypt since 2008. Denmark's Foreign Intelligence Unit was reported to have assisted America's National Security Agency in spying on Angela Merkel. The German Chancellor was one of a number of European leaders monitored between 2012 and 2014. The report by Denmark's radio and national broadcaster draws on an internal audit by the Danish Defence Ministry. The country's undersea internet cables connect Britain, Germany, the Netherlands, Norway and Sweden. Alexei Shota, the editor-in-chief of popular Belarusian news site Rodna.life, was detained by police in Grodno on suspicion of extremism. A week earlier, Alexander Lukashenko, Belarus's president, forced a passing plane to land so as to arrest another journalist critical of his regime. Protests against Mr Lukashenko were held in America, Australia and other European countries on Sunday. A restrictive new voting law advanced through the Texas legislature. Senate Bill 7 is to limit where and how people can cast ballots. Critics say it is designed to disenfranchise black and Latino voters. The Republican-dominated House will vote on SB 7 before it reaches the Republican governor, Greg Abbott. President Joe Biden has called the bill, quote, an assault on democracy. Mali was suspended from the economic community of West African states until at least February 2022. ECOWAS called for the appointment of a civilian prime minister, but stopped short of imposing new sanctions. Last week, Mali's president and prime minister were forcibly removed from office by Asimi Goita, the vice president. This is Mr Goita's second coup in nine months. Goldman Sachs, a bank, is set to increase its investment in Japanese property to 250 billion yen, $2.28 billion, from a previous range of 100 to 150 billion yen, making it one of the biggest foreign investors in Japanese real estate. It will concentrate on acquiring facilities that have seen increased demand during the pandemic, such as logistics hubs and data centres. And fact of the day, Russia keeps a list of, quote, unfriendly countries. The only names on it are America and the Czech Republic. And now, here's today's agenda. Restarting the debt clock. Argentina. Today, the Argentine government faces the first of a series of repayment dates for a $2.4 billion debt to the Paris Club, an informal creditor group composed of rich countries. Default may be on the cards. On a European trip early this month, President Alberto Fernandez and his economy minister, Martin Guzman, informed creditors that the pandemic had left Argentina with no way to pay on time. 
The Paris Club, which has refused to comment publicly, is likely to extend a 60-day grace period, according to Argentine sources. But it will insist on substantive, face-to-face talks between the government and the IMF, to whom Argentina owes $45 billion. The IMF has expressed growing alarm at the government's lack of an economic plan and stands in need of reassurance. It fears not just that Argentina cannot meet its debt obligation, but that it has no strategy to tackle steep inflation, rising poverty or its fiscal deficit. Finally there, Israel. Naftali Bennett, a tech millionaire turned politician, is poised to become Israel's next Prime Minister. Last night, Mr Bennett announced that his nationalist party, Yamina, would try to form a coalition with Yair Lapid's centrist Yeshatid party. It has been a long journey, with a number of false starts. When Israelis went to the polls in March, it was the fourth time in two years. But the race is not quite run yet. Messrs Bennett and Lapid also have to finalise terms with the other six parties that will make up their coalition, which include left-wing Zionist parties and a conservative Muslim one. But a strategic distribution of ministries and funding should satisfy their voters. If the new coalition is then able to pass an initial vote of confidence, Israel will at long last have a government. The question then will be how long it can hold together. Treading water. India's GDP. India's National Statistical Office releases GDP growth figures today for the quarter ending in March and the 2020 to 2021 financial year. Don't expect fireworks. After a COVID-driven crash of minus 24.4% in last year's April to June quarter, the economy's recovery was tepid. There was hope that the comeback would gain strength this year. But the State Bank of India predicts that today's number for the final quarter will come in at just 1.3% and for the year at minus 7.3%. India's second Covid wave, which peaked earlier this month, has proved far deadlier than the first. Even without a national lockdown, desperate local curbs walloped the economy. Independent statistics show that retail sales for April collapsed to half what they were pre-pandemic, while air traffic slumped to one-tenth of its January level. India would be lucky to stay even this year with just enough GDP growth to balance last year's contraction. On the road to Glasgow COP26 Today, the subsidiary bodies of the UN concerned with climate change will begin a virtual conference that will run for almost three weeks. Their aim is to prepare for COP26, a monumental UN climate conference scheduled for November in Glasgow. They have a lot of work to do. The COVID-19 pandemic put preparations on hold, but successful negotiations at COP26 are crucial. The hope is that countries will finalise the rules needed to implement the Paris Agreement of 2015. They are also required to beef up commitments on greenhouse gas emissions and rising temperatures. Several such pledges have already been made. But who will foot the bill remains a pressing question. Earlier this month, Antonio Guterres, the UN Secretary-General, reminded rich countries that they had promised $100 billion a year to poor ones to help them take climate action. The success of COP26, he declared, quote, rests on achieving a breakthrough on adaptation and finance. Out of the park. Cuban-American baseball diplomacy. 
Cuba and America may not be the best of friends, but they share a national sport, baseball. On May 19th, America granted last-minute visas to the Cuban national team to compete in Olympic qualifiers in Florida, which begin today. Assuming the pandemic does not kill the Summer Olympics, the team's exclusion would have been a huge loss. Cuba fields one of the world's most successful sides. But this indulgence is a rarity. For the most part, President Joe Biden has retained the Trump administration's tough-on-Cuba approach, which reversed a brief Obama-era detente. America's State Department last week upheld the decision placing Cuba on a short list of countries uncooperative in the fight against terrorism. And the baseball trip itself got off to a poor start. A talented young Cuban player defected after arriving in Florida last week, inviting a potential multi-million dollar contract from an American club, but humiliating his country's government. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Louise Bourgeois, who passed away on this day in 2010. Art is a guarantee of sanity. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Music